This episode of Obscure Chatter is brought to you by Cake. Cake. It's only batter until you bake it. And now, on to the episode. Happy leap year? Is that what's a thing? What's up, everyone? It is Obscure Chatter. I am your host, as always, Terry Doty. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you, this is not your first episode, welcome back. Whew, it feels like a lot has happened, and it both has and hasn't. There's been a lot of personal growth and personal da 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 but also just the world continues to catch fire. Little embers that we ignore continue to catch, and we just pretend nothing's on fire. Um, it's fun, right? It it's fun. A uh, big thank you at the at uh, the top of the episode to everybody that submitted um, uh, questions and topic requests. I'm going to make that a frequent thing. I love when you guys get involved. Um, yeah, we got a few through a new Google form that took me... I, I hope you think I took a lot of time on it, but I also don't at the same time. It took me the time that it took me. Um, but yeah, uh, that's something that if you're curious about, please check it out or just ask me on whatever social media you might be following me on. And if you don't follow me on a social media, you can always reach out for more information at perpetuallyoffbeat at gmail.com. And uh, that's enough of that announcer voice, uh, which is not what I actually do. No, 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 no. We got some great questions. And um, I think we'll get to those toward the end, let's say, uh, or maybe, yeah, let's go ahead and do the questions at the top of the episode. Stephen, do you have a preference? Do you have a, a suggestion? Questions at the top. All right. So you guys can be like, hey, she answered my question and just stop listening. <laughs> All right. So uh, we got a few. Um, All right. So... Someone asked me uh, my thoughts about Funimation going away. And um, when people ask me that, I'm very, very curious because uh, you guys know that Funimation bought, or Sony or whatever, bought Crunchyroll and they just decided to go with the Crunchyroll name. This is something I'm saying as a contractor. In no way ever have I been an employee of any of these entities. La la la. Hopefully that covers me here. Not that what I'm saying is controversial. It's just, it's uh, the people that were just like, ha ha, it's the end of Funimation. Fuck yeah. Like, it's, it isn't. <laughs> it isn't. Um, you know, it isn't the gotcha that people think it is. Uh, I got the email just like everybody else because um, initially when I was still directing and writing occasionally for them, uh, I had a free account with Funimation. So I got an email that's like, hey, do you want to transfer over your stuff to Crunchyroll? Um, a Crunchyroll account that I in no way get for free <laughs> from uh, the powers that be. Um, I was like, nah. <laughs> I do miss getting free things. Another question was, do you get uh, copies of the things you work on? Um, I used to. I used to. And now... uh. They can get kind of expensive, but you pay for that. It doesn't even matter if you're the lead of a show anymore. You're more than likely not going to get a copy of it. You're going to buy it yourself. And so, yeah, I, I collect whatever I can that may or may not be risque sometimes, like buying a, a Takao from Azure Lane, like a, like a beach figurine uh, from, like, eBay. That... That had me terrified of how the condition it was going to come come in and all that, but uh, no, uh, we don't get things for free anymore. <laughs> um, and yeah, it 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 really is that simple. Uh, but another thing, another question, kind of related to uh, I guess my job as well as just in general is what do I think about live adaptations? Live adaptations can be good can be good. And I think maybe this stemmed from like one the One Piece live action, what was it, like 10 episodes? I, I don't remember. I've watched half of it, and I loved it. I loved it. Um, 
I, I think the people that did it had a love for the show. And I think it showed. I think really that's all it takes sometimes. Um, or a... Uh, uh, what was it? The Avatar, the Last Airbender. I know that that's another one that everyone universally hated the M. Night Shyamalan one. Maybe even M. Night Shyamalan himself. Um, and so Netflix did it. And I've been hearing mixed reviews about it. Personally, I have no... Uh, I'm just not... Uh, I think this pisses some people off. Uh, it's referenced all the time in auditions. Like, hey, think of, you know, this character from, uh, like, all this stuff. But a lot of people bring up The Last Airbender. And uh, I tried to watch it. I gave it my three-episode rule. And I just couldn't down, couldn't get down with it. Friends that are fans are like, no, no, no. you got to watch more than three episodes. Which I'm sick of. Side note. Totally sick of this, like, oh, no, just stick with it for, like, five sequels, and then it's going to get kind of okay. Fuck all the way off with that shit. I, like, watch what you watch what you want with books. If it's digital, I give it 20%. Physically, I'll give a book 60 pages of my time. If I'm not feeling it, I'm out. Like, I'm kind of, I've been kind of feeling that way with, like, every book that I've picked up with in the past couple of days. And then there are some, it's like, all right, this is too similar to something that we just da 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 But uh, yeah, live actions, uh, live adaptations, uh, interesting personally, like, uh, or professionally and personally, there was, um, for those that may recall, uh, I was in a little phenomenon called Parasite the Maxim. I played Yuko Tachikawa. And I was so pumped to be a part of that show because I'd already been a fan of it as a horror fan. And I talk it up all the time. There's a cashier that I used to deal with all the time at Whole Foods that knew who I was. And she's like, hey, finally, you know, finally watched Parasite. You should have died. Like, that's funny. Um, but, uh, for, forever ago now, it seems. I don't remember when, but there were live actions uh, for Parasite. And uh, I forget how it came up, but, you know, a friend working on it was like, do you think you and or anybody else in the original English cast would be interested in coming back for the live adaptation? To which I'm like, let me check with some people. And I didn't know if, like, because it wasn't a Funimation or Crunchyroll dub. It was uh, Sentai Filmworks, um, High Dive, whatever you want to call it now. So, uh, you know, I think they just tried to make sure that it was going to be cool with everybody. And it was. And so I, uh, I was very shocked that it, the movies, uh, my, my character has a totally different storyline and everything, but it was my chance to work with a friend and see some old people that I don't get to see very much if they're local to Houston, and uh, yeah, that was fun. Can I tell you that I've watched it? No. Uh, what was it? There was a, an assassination classroom adaptation. Uh, I, uh, I never saw it. What what confuses me is whenever we adapt something and it's still almost completely uh, computer-generated, like what was the point kind of thing. And there are, I mean, adaptations that I don't mind, but then, of course, you think about the bad ones. Like, I grew up watching Eon Flux. It's not a, a lo very long-running cartoon, but it's stylized. Pardon me. Um, and... I loved it. I thought it was edgy. It was different. And rewatching it, I'm still like, oh my god, this the voice acting here and da 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 da. It's gorgeous. So when Charlize Theron, uh, like was announced to do this, I'm like, okay. And I saw like a trailer, and I went, okay. And then I worked for MTV as a contractor local to the area for uh, a little bit. I did, like, a couple of gigs with uh, MTV, which is... Uh, uh, but at this point, they were still very much, like, trying to do, like, like movie t uh, music tie-ins and stuff like that. But uh, my initial job was to help get people to go see the movie and get their reactions, like those movie reaction things that they used to do. But... Um, that got canned very shortly before I was supposed to start, uh, like, corralling people local to the area to go see it. 
Uh, <laughs> and apparently just the the people above were like, it's it's not testing well, so let's not do this. So they switched over to doing uh, a reaction to playing the Eon Flux video game, which was equally, I think, kind of meh. And it turns out, I think, like, just kind of by happenstance, a lot of people that I work with now were in that video game. Um, but uh, it wasn't good. It super wasn't good at all. <laughs> it, um, I'd argue to say it was uh, bad. Very bad. If it's on casually, still kind of won't watch it. It, uh, I say kind of because sometimes you remember that Charlize Theron is still a very attractive woman. And Johnny Lee Miller sometimes, too. And then you go, hmm, what's Johnny Lee Miller doing now? Mm -hmm. Anyways, but yeah, I saw Dragon Ball Evolution, and that was like a, okay. Um, but then there are good ones. Like I liked the Detective Pikachu. I liked it. Some people didn't. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, technically an adaptation. Casper. Casper did so well that uh, they did a new animated series off of that. Uh, but yeah. X-Men, I remember getting into a giant fight with this kid, Ryan, in the fifth grade over how he thought there would never be an X-Men live adaptation. And I told him he was the dumbest person alive. And we literally didn't talk for two weeks because we had such a giant argument at lunch over whether or not <laughs> uh, an X-Men live adaptation would work. I'd argue that maybe we were both right. There are some good parts of those live actions and then there are some do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning the same thing that happens to everything else moments so <laughs> and then I won't even really like I'll just casually talk about I don't understand the wanting of the Disney live adaptations uh, for representation's sake I do but if you're just telling the story worse somehow, why? Like, why? But yeah, uh, it was, it was fine. It, they're, they're fine. It really depends on the hands that they're in. It really, really does. Like, like the Flintstones. Could I tell you really what the Flintstones movie was about? I won't talk about the sequels. But I reference it all the time, and it could be because Kyle MacLachlan's in the first one, and I have a mild obsession with him, even present-day Kyle MacLachlan. He's a very handsome man. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no, uh, another question that we got. Uh, I think that's our last one. I've kind of, like, interwoven a couple. Um, do you have any modern horror movie recommendations? And anytime you want to talk about movies, I mean, this is partially what the show was initially like launched on is I love movies and I know that everybody loves movies um even the people that I oh I don't watch film like bitch you watch something okay like <laughs> you do don't lie to me just don't lie to me um but yeah uh I'll for modern yeah I tend to stick to the 80s 90s um, I love showing films to people that I love. Uh, that was another big staple of starting this show was someone shitting all over a movie that I loved knowing that I loved it. It's like, what? who was I harming by liking this and you not? My God. Uh, but um, for modern, uh, I was like, would that be in the last 10 years or the last 20? So I thought about the last 20 years. And um, uh, like, I guess still on that like, adaptation train i really didn't mind the the thing prequel that came out in what like 2011 with um oh my god mary elizabeth winstead i think that's her last name she was ramona flowers um and she's been in a whole mess of other stuff since then but uh i didn't mind it but it is quite something like they they put a lot of love into it uh like showing that they loved the original but the thing is it's so much more dated than the original. But I like what they did. And if you wanted to watch that and then The Thing, you could do that and still be like, wow, how are, <laughs> how does the 1982 one like look so much more modern than the 2011 one? I'm going to stick with that. But uh, I like the way they kind of expanded, like maybe rewatching that. You can kind of tell if 
Childs or McCready at the end of the original thing, blah, 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 blah. I'm a, I could be spoiling a whole mess of shit for you here. Um, another, say, adaptation or I guess a reboot or whatever, Fright Night. Um, I don't really think it's very scary, but don't trust me when I say I'm not scared by something. That doesn't mean it isn't scary. That just means I'm more dead inside than you are. But uh, Anton Yelkin, um, who was a phenomenal talent, and it, it, it like just thinking about him really crushes me sometimes. Like I was watching uh, Along Came a Spider, and I forgot he he's a little boy in that, and oh my god, uh, like watching a. Uh, only Lovers Left Alive, um, and he's in that. I think it was one of his last films. Uh, but he's he's in that. He plays the the main character. And David Tennant, a goth David Tennant, that's really cynical, da-da-da, like, hey. And uh, shout out to Chris Sarandon, who randomly comes back. But, yeah, uh, I'd say one of my favorites right now is uh, Final Girls. It's, um, I think it came out. I okay, don't quote me, but it came out in the last ten years, I think. Uh, great film. Uh, if and it plays on the idea that you know the horror genre, and it plays with tropes. Uh, it's really funny, but also there's there are parts that brought me to tears. Uh, Final Girls, yeah, try that. Uh, it's got. Um, oh my god, I don't want to butcher their names. So a bunch of people that you'll be like, hey, I know that person. And Steven and I quote like stupid shit from it all the time. Like, okay, if you haven't seen it, the when you Oh, I I'm not I'm not gonna do that. But uh yeah. Uh Happy Death Day one and two. Two is fucking ridiculous because it really owns what people loved about the first one. But Happy Death Day is good. It's Groundhog Day plus birthday. Hey. Um the conjuring films, which are Controversial for some people, some people that view the Warrens as uh, uh, people that weren't honest and uh, felt like they took advantage of people. Me, I don't know. I um, I find the history of Ed and Lorraine Warren very fascinating. And yeah, there are liberties that the Conjuring films and the subsequent uh, prequels, uh, offshoots, spinoffs, and all that uh, take, but I... I really liked, I really liked one, two, and three. Uh, two lower than three, but the first one is still really good. Um, but if you uh, really don't like the history or what, you know, um, the the paranormal, it might not be for you. Um, I used to be a lot more cynical about the parent, uh, the paranormal world, supernatural world than I am now. But uh, let's see, what else? Ready or not. It's also really, really good. I mean, Ready or Not's great. Doctor Sleep. It, whether or not you're a big fan of The Shining, uh, Doctor Sleep is really good. I mean, you got Ewan McGregor as an older Danny Torrance. It's pretty great. <sighs> hmm. Oh, um, total plug, but if you haven't seen one or uh, the first one, Train to Busan, um, I'm in it. But not only that. I'm in the second one, too, as someone totally different. That's the great thing about uh, doing live action dubs is um, <laughs> you get to do things just you, you might not get the opportunity to do otherwise. It is a little weird that whenever you search my name, like, train to boost on, like, the actual uh, Korean <laughs> cast members show up and you're like, uh, what? Why is Terry Doty there? Um, so thanks to whoever credit me for those. But um, yeah, the both of them, uh, you'll recognize a lot of the voices. Steven, my husband, and the co-creator and engineer of this show, um, he, uh, he directed it. So you'll hear a lot of familiar voices, but I don't know who wanted to go by a pseudonym and who didn't, so I won't name other people. That's always a good rule of thumb. Candyman, Nia Costas, Nia Costa or Nia De Costa, I forget. Um, she's amazing. Uh, she did the Marvels, which got a lot of unnecessary hate too. But um, it's great. You can watch that knowing nothing about the first Candyman, but if you do, you will love it more. Don't quote me on that. I just loved it more. Uh, Barbarian. Barbarian's really good. If you're a big fan of Whitest Kids, you know it's written by and directed by one. 
Uh, I don't know if he was the only writer on that, but it's phenomenal. It's a movie that I can never watch again. Watching it once was enough, and it haunted me because I was really tired by the end of it, but it, uh, like this is me being very jaded. I couldn't go to sleep for a good two hours after because it affected me so much. There's a lot of trigger warnings in it, but um, it, like, you find yourself rooting for some pretty horrible things to happen to, like, the, the characters in it. You really do. But um, then Five Nights at Freddy's, loved, even though it wasn't a, 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 I do not have any information about the games, but I want to play them now because uh, I loved it as someone who knew nothing about it and just looked up shit later. I love I love Josh Hutcherson, like my little short king. And I don't know if he's really short or if I'm just tall, but I, I love him. He's a phenomenal actor, and obviously I'm a big fan of The Hunger Games, but I knew him from, like, Bridget Terabithia. I think he was in Zathura. Um, a whole mess of stuff. Uh, also, the really fucked up show Future Man, <laughs> which I don't think is streaming anywhere because it's that fucked up, but it's phenomenal. Uh, but, um, yeah, he, I, I like Josh, I like Josh's character in it, but, um, yeah, it'll get certain songs stuck in your head and, it's really, really great. Uh, and practical effects in a lot of it, which is pretty cool. But uh, the last one would be uh, the Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, which I lightly touched on uh, in the last episode, where Stephen and I kind of had uh, some weird stuff happen to us during during the flick. Willow, our dog, got really, really fucking weird. Willow got very, very weird uh, in a way that she hasn't before. Um, and then Stephen could have sworn he saw someone, like, walking through uh, the living room, like, in front of us at one point. And then, right after that, um, we lost time. We lost about 45 minutes of time. And I still, a uh, few weeks after really uh can't figure out what what the deal was on that uh i wasn't drinking i don't i haven't had a drink since like middle of october um no other things that are not alcohol uh nothing uh lost about 45 almost an hour of time and uh, it took Steven and I looking up the movie to remember what we watched because we started to forget the movie. We forgot we watched it the next day and then had to, like, watch a trailer again. And we're like, oh, oh, right, and this happened. So we felt like it was kind of tied to the movie somehow. I don't know why. Maybe that sounds, like, unnecessarily, like, stupid, like, spooky or whatever. Maybe it sounds dumb, but to it was pretty fucking weird for us. Like, because... Uh, like I said, I started out pretty cynical. I've just had a lot of things happen to me over the years and uh, that have made me be like, hey, I don't know everything. I just don't. And that was a weird one. So if you do watch it, let me know if anything happened to you. And if nothing did, I'm very happy. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's the story. Uh, uh, it's well before like what we know is the Pet Cemetery story, whether or not you're talking about the 89 Mary Lambert-directed one um, that focuses on the Creed family or the one that happened, uh, the reboot that happened. I, I, uh, it, was, it was not my favorite. It's not my favorite thing. But, uh, yeah, so thank you for letting me talk about movies and uh, adaptations and all of that. Uh but um, there were also some topic requests. Oddly enough, uh, someone asked me to kind of talk about AI. I think I've talked about AI a lot. Um, but there was a moment I was doing my six-month checkup with my dentist. I'm going to be honest. I might have already mentioned this. But uh, being, going to the dentist wasn't really a big thing growing up. And by that, I mean I didn't see the dentist until I was 23 years old. Um. And uh, there's a lot of trauma associated with, like, a, hey, so 
Maybe that guy should have gone to the dentist. But anyways, um, my dentist, he's our family dentist. Steven goes to him. My father-in-law goes to him. He is great. Uh, and, like, they they know me by name. If I'm just there with, uh, like, going in, um, if I'm just there, like, to hang out with Steven, they're, like, everybody's like, hey, Terry. Like, that's how, like, home small town it feels. But um, <laughs> why do they always ask you questions? Like, uh, but the dentist uh, had his fingers in my mouth. He's like, hey, how's this AI stuff going for you? And I'm like, well, uh, get your hands out of my mouth and we can talk. If I had a nickel, I would have... A nickel. But um, just kind of explained, you know, how for both acting and writing, I have to navigate some incredibly tricky waters. Uh, And what was it? The thing that I saw, I saw this on Twitter, and I'm paraphrasing it now because I can't recall who posted this, but why is AI being used for creative services rather than being used to help just the tedium, the tedious parts of being creative? I, I don't know, but uh, it's rewarding mediocrity. It's, it's bad. Um, I do think there are good things, but I just don't, like, uh, there, I had read, I don't know if this is true because... Uh, I hope it isn't, but it wouldn't shock me if it was true, where AI, you know, there are already uh, people, you know, making deep fakes of other people, like, oh, hey, here's naked photos of this person. That person gets so humiliated by these photos that are not actually them that they they end their lives. I, uh... I had read about this. I don't know. I can't. But I'm saying, like, that is something that we have to think about. Where all of these things that could be helped by AI are not what AI is going to be used for. They're going to be used for not great stuff. And we are going to continue to suffer as a people over it. Do I want that to be the case? No. Not at all. But, uh... I I definitely brought down the dental hygienist and my dentist talking about the shit that we have to go through uh, uh, just as performers. And that's, you know, those are honestly still light consequences uh, to other people. But um, I, uh, I've been really light on work recently. Honestly, as far as like Crunchyroll, which people, a lot of people know me from, I haven't been there since Halloween. I have not booked anything with Crunchyroll since Halloween. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about that, but that's just also the nature of the biz, you know. Um, but a lot of the writing work that I'm getting offered, um, it's about machine learning. Like, it's about me training somebody, to or a machine, to sound like me. Um, there was uh, one voiceover thing that I was uh, contacted for is uh, basically like you would be training this AI how to talk, uh, but you would only be I would only have been uh, compensated for the hours that I would be teaching it and not eventually whatever the hell that AI would become. And I said nothing. I couldn't respond. I like blocked the person because I, I didn't know what to say. And, and I was mad. And so maybe it looked shitty to block them. But I think that was nicer than anything I was going to say to them. And I know that those people are just doing their jobs. But fuck you. Come on. And then my writing on top of that, uh, I am, I love being a writer. I really do. But I'm still burned out over stuff. So I'll only write in short bursts right now. And when I do, it has to be something that I'm passionate about or I'm getting paid a lot. Not a lot. Being paid like a livable wage. And that's just few and far between right now. And AI is partially responsible for that. So... I had somebody, uh, like, also request that I talk about tax write-offs. I need more context. I really do. But, um, yeah, uh, what the great thing about being creative is uh, you get to write off a lot of things. But then there are things that I have to try to convince my CPA are tax write-offs. She's like, you want to write off 
a bra. I'm like, no, not any bra, like a really good bra, a bra that I only wear on auditions. She's like, you can't write off a bra. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I would never wear this bra unless I knew I was going out at an audition. She's like, is that the same case with this mascara that costs you $120? I'm like, yes. And I don't get to write that off, but I do get to write off like a little book that I found uh, that I could be using for research in writing or just developing a character. So, hmm, home offices are nice. Like, I'm in my booth right now, and yeah, being able to write that off is great. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Valentine's Day happened. Um, we, uh, Stephen and I, actually, like, I think this is the first time we actually celebrated Valentine's Day. Uh, like, and really what it is, is it's just, it's, it's celebrating the 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 small moments and um he'd never seen the amazing 2001 film valentine so uh i got him a box of chocolates which he'd never gotten chocolates before so i got him a box of chocolates we sat in our den and uh popped in a vhs of valentine that i got from horror freak in bedford and yeah uh we we watched a bad horror film it was great uh, and uh, I, I highly endorse it. As Sam Houston High School's 2002 sweetheart classic queen, that's right, <laughs> it's me. Um, I'm not lying. I I did, I was sweetheart classic queen uh, of my high school my senior year, <laughs> uh, which I was so pissed because you did not get a crown. But um, yeah, it uh, that you know, we we got ourselves little goofy things. Like he got me a, a new mug from Untamed Ego, which I love mugs from them. And I got him a little peanut butter and jelly thing. Will got a little Valentine's Day squirrel that she still hasn't managed to destroy. I'm sure it upsets her. And yeah, uh, it was also my friend's birthday, which I always try to think about him on on his birthday. Like man, an, a birthday on a holiday's got to be such an annoying thing. <laughs> But um, also on the 11th was Stephen's 46th birthday and just made him a little box cake and uh, took him to Forever Young, which he'd never been to. It's a great record store in the area. I was a t- uh, I grew up everywhere, but um, I got to do sixth grade all the way up to uh, graduation in Arlington, Texas. And Forever Young was a big deal if you lived in Arlington or Grand Prairie, Mansfield, blah, blah, blah. So he'd never been. So it took him there. Uh, we got a lot of CDs. And then I took him to our favorite Indian place, which is Tandoor, also in Arlington. Tandoor is amazing. And then aside from that, we just had a little marathon of uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved because we love Shane and Ryan and um, also love their new YouTube channel. or new. It's not really new anymore, but the We Are Watcher channel. Fantastic. Uh, the day before Stephen's birthday, he decided we uh, gave Willow a bath, and he decided to clip her nails. And the, on the last uh, toe, Willow decided to try to karate chop her dad, and that resulted in us trailing our dog as she's dragging blood all over the house. You heard a little gurgle there. Congratulations, maybe. Um, it, she had to wear a cone. Oh, my God. And she was like, what did I do wrong? Like, you're getting blood everywhere. Like, uh, we finally we finally were able to calm it down. But there were some really tense moments there. Like, I can't do this. This dog's going to die because she's just as anxious as I am. Ah! But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I uh, got to say. For those asking about an update, because I had mentioned that uh, I had stopped drinking and that there was a question about my liver, my liver's doing great. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I stopped eating fast food. And by fast food, I mean McDonald's. And uh, I stopped drinking. Again, uh, I haven't had a drink since October, mid-October, but I kind of like rounded up to the end of October just for months or whatever. But um, don't miss it. Uh, I never at any point thought I had a problem, but I do know I have a history of alcoholism in my family. And just with any kind of little mention of the liver, I'm like, all right, maybe I'm done. And after going to the doctor, I found that I had cut 
like, I forget what I would call, like, enzymes or whatever. Like, I'd cut, like, a bunch of bad shit by, like, more than half. So, uh, felt great. Felt great to to see, like, the doctor actually showed me the numbers. And actually, I had Steven go with me because um, I found that as a woman, uh, I often don't have my pain taken seriously by a doctor, even though I love my new doctor. So I've been taking Steven with me, and I typically get a lot more attention because I have someone confirming that I'm going through some shit. But also, he keeps me honest because uh, they're like, when was your last tetanus shot? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, was it in the last 10 years? And I said, yeah, definitely. And he looked at the doctor and went, she's lying. And so I had to get a fucking tetanus shot. Are you happy? <laughs> but... uh one of the, like, so we're talking about, you know, hey, you know, this was your physical for the year. So, like, well, uh, I I do six-month follow-up because of my thyroid and all this stuff. But we talked, uh, this might be triggering for some people, but uh, we talked about, um, you know, like, hey, where are we with uh, children? Because at one point I was trying and we did successfully get pregnant, but I lost that pregnancy. Um, this is for people that may or may not be frequent listeners of the show. Uh, that's the nitty-gritty of it. But um, that happened when I was at a con, and I was taken to the nearest hospital. The nearest hospital did not treat us right. It didn't treat us right when you're going through one of the worst things you can go through. So that really traumatized me and Stephen for a very long time. Like, only in the last few months, this was in 2019, only in the last few months have I really, really come out of a very deep fog about that. Um, I'm caring about myself more in a way that I didn't realize I had stopped caring. It's very important to let anybody that is potentially going through anything remotely similar to me that it's okay that you are not at 100%. It really sucked. So since then, my OBGYN, my uh, normal family doctor, they both know that I'm not going to try again. And they've never really questioned as to why. But um, some other stuff came up um, where, you know, I, uh, I have anemia again, which I was told I didn't have it, and now I do again. So the doctor, this might be TMI, but so is a lot of shit that we talk about on this show. Um, she uh, she had asked about bleeding, and I said, yeah, it, like every every month I, I, I feel like I'm dying. I, I really do. So we talked about potential things that we could do, and uh, we were discussing right now um, just to minimize uh, some bullshit and some really insane symptoms that are partially direct, uh, partially because of just uh, being a woman <laughs> that, you know, has gone through a lot. And then also just uh, with my hypothyroidism. Blah, blah, blah. Anyways, long story short, we talked about birth control. It's like you, uh, you know. Like, uh, from my notes and everything, I'm remembering that we're talking about we're not having babies anymore. Like, no, we're not. It, it was too traumatic. And not just the the miscarriage itself, but the way I was treated by the medical system. I cannot stress enough how much the bad bedside manner of a few people destroyed what, you know, I had been really, really excited about. They destroyed a joy and left only fear. And fear very much left uh, untested or um, or unencumbered very much turns to hate. I hate the medical system. I really, really do. And it stems from the fear of ever being treated a tenth of the way that I was treated as I was going through one of... Or, the worst things a woman can go through and the worst thing that I definitely have gone through in my entire life. And I've had a pretty colorful fucking history. So we're talking about birth control options and, uh, you know, like, hey, uh, she's like, hey, like, don't decide anything today. But like, you know, since it's something that, you know, we don't want to deal with again, um, 
uh, that could help some symptoms, uh, like just lighter, lighter periods and lighter uh, cramps, all the lesser cramps. Uh, maybe the mood will improve, uh, which, hey, I'm all for that. So it's like, yeah, like you and Steven, which she got to meet Steven. And the two of them just talked about the office way too much to the point where I'm like, we're, we are paying for this visit. <laughs> but um, uh, I kind of asked, she's like, do you have any like general questions? And I'm like, well, the Texas hellscape. And she immediately started nodding her head. Yep. Um, like, so is birth control still an option here in Texas? And she went, yes. Um Preventing birth is still an option. She said it like that. And uh, she's like, I, I have a lot of feelings that if we, you and I were just friends, I would really enjoy being able to be very completely honest with you. I will say um, I'm not happy to tell you this, but um, should birth control fail you, there is nothing I can do for you. Should um, you, the two of you, have uh, an accident, I cannot help you if you do not want to carry that through. But I can also not help you if the pregnancy is not viable. Um, if you are assaulted, even by a family member, I cannot help you. And what do you do with that? What do you do with that? What do you do with a doctor not being able to look you in the eye and say, if you are raped, there's nothing I can do to help you? <sighs> but also, there are so many women here that uh, I believe since... They made the uh, they made all of these wonderful changes. All these old fucking flaccid men made these wonderful changes to our state, and uh, Roe v. Wade is gone. Um, I am not someone that ever was like, yeah, I uh, you know, like if I was pregnant, I would have an abortion. For me. If I was in a good relationship, um, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. But I know that I planned to have a kid with my husband, and it didn't work out. I was in another state lying on a table for nine hours being treated like a complete piece of shit while bleeding out. Knowing that I had already lost my baby. And they didn't even want to confirm it. I flew home. And within just a simple examination, they're like, yeah, you, you're not pregnant anymore. It's not, we don't see anything. That was the nice version of what could happen now. Here, just at the hospital down the street from me, I had a couple friend of ours They'd been trying, and they announced it. They tell us, for those who don't know, they tell us, don't say anything in the first trimester to anybody that isn't very close to you, because that is typically when we lose. Our, uh, you know, if we lose them, it often, more often than not, will happen in the first trimester, the first 12 weeks. Or 14 weeks, I forget. Um, don't say anything at the risk of, you know, having to walk it back or be like, we lost it. It went away. So whatever it is. But a couple friend of ours, they were a little further along than we were in the process. They lost it. And they live here with us. And this only, this happened, and they could not go anywhere. Because unlike me, where I passed my miscarriage and just had to be very uncomfortable in my home, they had to, um, it's called a DNC. Uh, they could not do one here in the state. They had to drive 10 hours to another state to remove tissue from their baby that was already gone. 
And it's really fucky that uh, they're, they're some of the luckier people. There are women that have died of, se- uh, of sepsis. There are babies that are that just aren't passed. Um, and these people have to carry them. These people that are already mourning the loss, they have to carry that loss around figuratively and literally. And nobody cares. That can make this slightly less horrible. So Texas has very much let me down in a lot of ways. And having to just casually, like, kind of... My doctor was trying to be as professional as she could, but eventually got to the point where she was. She's like, yeah, um, it's pretty fucked up. Like, a little bit as we were talking about it. Because I do... I Like, I know I'm comfortable with her because I talk way too casually about some stuff. She knows a lot of that. But, um, it... (sighs) I don't I don't know how it gets better. And that seems to be a, a growing trend right now is <sighs> I know I've talked a lot about Palestine and uh, just so many horrendous things that are going on. And it's like, well, what do we do? How do you see the sunny side? And like I don't with a lot of this stuff. I love my my life. I'm so grateful that I have a partner that gets me, that lets me be me, and I love him being him. I love having a home that, you know, we don't <laughs> pay an, an insane amount of money for. I, I love having neighbors that I've known for years. I love, uh, you know, going to Horror Freak and them knowing my name. I... I Love going to Tandoor and knowing that, hey, it's a buffet day and we're going to get that awesome hot chai. I love my life. The little things, too. I love just being able to read a book next to my dude while he plays, you know, Legend of Zelda. And we're just chilling, vibing. I love that. But if I literally think about what's going on in the world, it's very hard to sleep. And I don't know anyone who's sleeping comfortably right now. I um which means I'm hanging out with the right people. Anybody that is happy with the way the world is, I understand that you are a white man that has no problems. An old white man. Um but yeah. Uh somebody did ask me about um the current LGBTQ panic going on. There's a uh, and obviously uh there's a lot. It's incredibly interesting, the trans erasure that continues. Uh, and it's nothing new, which is, I think, odd for some people. Uh, because um, trans history, we've we had thousands upon thousands of books, texts, paintings, uh, just... R- historical, like, history destroyed over and over that erases or attempts to erase very real people. Uh, Being trans, non-binary, these are not new concepts. They are new to people that don't agree with them. I think we are at such a golden age of information that it makes people that are incredibly naive be like, well, whoa, when did this happen? Like, it's always been here. It's always the person in charge of the text that gets to dictate what's noteworthy. And right now, um, you know, we have like a like next Benedict in Oklahoma who just passed because of a brutal beating, um, where they were not taken seriously uh, already about the bullying that was happening to them. And they were taken home, and then the next day they just collapsed and they passed away. And Oklahoma is basically... I, I've i had some great times in Oklahoma, but I, I, I can't speak for the state. But I do know right now the state very much looks very unwelcoming 
I've seen a lot of lawmakers with ties to the libs of TikTok and that they they've been lawmakers that are some of which are directly responsible for things that uh helped uh the people that killed Nex think it was okay to do that because uh in Oklahoma it's uh you have to go to the bathroom that uh correlates with uh your gender assigned at birth so i think that set next up to be attacked i think that sets up a lot of people to be attacked and what that very much bat signals up is oklahoma does not want you here if you are queer if you are anything other than what they deem as acceptable, you are not welcome there. I'm very much starting to feel that way about Texas, and I know I've talked about it a little bit here and there. This is my home. This is my state. I know I'm from Pennsylvania. I've lived in Texas most of my life. My family here is here. My friends are here. I make a living most of the time here. And the thing is, with the way everything's set up, I can't just pack up and go. Even if I made, like, a comfortable six figures, I can't just pack up and leave. And I am not directly at threat. So imagine you looking like a threat to someone who is just living their normal lives and all this other, this trans person, this non-binary person, like, all they are doing is living their life. And... You can't handle that? Are you serious? Them just also living and minding their own fucking business? That that bothers you? I don't know. And it's, again, a case of, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I know that if you listen to the show or if you just randomly happen upon me and you need any kind of validation... That it's okay to exist in the form that you feel most comfortable in? Come to me. I will give you a mom hug. I will give you a mom mom hug that's uncomfortably long to the point where you go, Mom, stop. Like, I, I get to live my authentic self. You should be able to do the same thing. It really is that simple. My God, why isn't it that simple? In all of these things... I'm at a weird I'm at a weird point with a lot of this stuff. I really really am and I know like the Alabama I was talking about uh babies like the Alabama thing. I don't even know if I have the appropriate amount of time in a pro tool session to talk about how fucked up the Alabama bullshit is with <laughs> uh, but we can discuss it at a later time. We we sure can. I uh just I know that, and also, like, I believe in, like, I believe that people should be able to live their authentic selves. I also believe in the separation of church and state. I, I you know, like, the, the satanic temple dealing with that hate crime where, you know, someone destroyed uh, their Baphomet uh, statue in Iowa. And it was initially just charged as a misdemeanor. But um, they found out, obviously, who, who uh, admitted to doing it. Um, and... They escalated it to uh, a third-degree felony, criminal mischief, I think. And, like, it's like, oh, God, can you believe, can you believe this? Like, the Satanists want to be taken seriously? Like, I would argue that they're modern Satanists because these people do not actually believe in Satan. That's the Church of Satan. Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple are different, both of which are religions that aren't, just aren't Christian. If you don't like it, just don't go. Don't go. You want to learn about Satan? Honestly, go to church. <laughs> you know, I, I know so many loving, caring uh, friends that you know, their faith is a big part of their identity. Um, I just wish that they were uh, there. There were more people like them within those religions. Uh, you know, the 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 Satanic Temple. It was founded only like eleven years ago. And uh, it's non-theistic, and they really just drive home the point they want the separation of church and state. So 
As long as, you know, people can have a big Bible outside City Hall, you should be able to have a fucking Baphomet statue. Yes, 100%. And uh, I actually got a membership from them. Stephen and I both did. Um, because they also, uh, if we're going to hide under, uh, like, the umbrella of religious freedoms, I'm agnostic. Stephen's an, an agnostic as well. Uh, but if I want religious protections... I was terrified for a while that um, I I wouldn't be able to have the same treatment as uh, a Christian counterpart of mine. So yeah, I got a membership, and technically, I guess I fall under uh, the Satanic Temple. But really, they just they want people to, you know, not talk about church in an official position. I don't think that's difficult. Um, they 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 just. Yeah, like they have seven tenants. Um, seven tenants. One should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. That's number one. Number two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Number three, one's body is unviable. Or, pardon me, one's body is inviable, subject to one's own will alone. Number four, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the the freedom to offend. To willingly and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Number five, beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care to never, or (laughs) one should take care Never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Number six, people are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have caused, that might have been caused. Wow, I am a professional voice actor, but number seven, every tenant is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. Did you hear any reference to Satan? No. You either get it or you don't. Uh, But I totally got what they were going for, and um, I just, I love the efforts that they make to just help with the separation. But of course, Along with LGBTQ panic, there's also satanic panic. Everything's back in fashion, isn't it? Um, yeah, it it's fucking wild. I I I don't understand it. Um, it's a really weird time. <sighs> it's a really weird time, you guys. For the record, no, I do not identify as a Satanist. Just for the record. Uh, there's going to be one person that listens to this show be like, Oh, Tara Doty had me until <laughs> she d- she mentioned that she's got a vigil of <laughs> the fallen right over her bed. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And then, yeah, you could definitely have a whole uh, conversation with me about the difference between Satan, the devil, and Lucifer. But that is something we definitely don't have time for. Yeah. So we talked about movies earlier. And um, let's, 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 since we're, we're, we're always winding down, we're always winding down. Um, other movies, yeah, like the main one like Steven had never seen was Valentine and we got to see that on VHS. Um a bit but the big one that I was really into was Hidden Figures. Um I had never heard and that's the honest truth. I'd never heard of Katherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, or Mary Jackson before or their contribution their very, very important contributions to NASA. Um I thought it was great. Um uh, it was interesting, you know, the the little liberty, but my God, all the actors, amazing. Everybody should check it out. Uh, when we went to Forever Young, we definitely collected some music. And uh, I've recently been just going to physically collecting media since apparently they're just grabbing movies and taking them off the shelf to uh, just store away, like, 
it was a really, uh, I recently, like this is just like in the last couple months, that 28 Days Later is not available streaming and that they are making stores and anybody else that physically has copies send them back. I want to know what that's about. I want to know what this lack of physical media in releases, uh, like that new Andrew Scott movie that the name is escaping me. Uh, there's not a physical release for it. What the hell? Uh, but yeah, so trying to collect physical media again, just pardon me, <laughs> just in case. So yeah, more Linkin Park CDs that I used to have, garbage CDs that I used to have, TLC, which, uh so happy to have TLC again. Uh, some Ramones, and then also just getting into like Santa Gold again, uh, Metric, uh, um, Mothica, Placebo, all good things, all good things, since we we definitely enjoyed all that. But uh, yeah, um, and uh, as far as shows, finished The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel this week. Everybody should check it out. Um, phenomenal performances by pretty much everybody involved. I've always had a soft spot for Tony Shalhoub, and Tony in those last two episodes really got me quite a lot. Um... And yeah, uh, aside from that, like books, um, I read the second part of Ruthless Vows by Rebecca Ross, which I I didn't love as much as the first one, but it was good, the first book. And uh, I got to read At First Spite by Olivia Dade, which I have a, a fairy loot copy of that. I'm very excited to have. I'm trying, I'm really trying not to escape into worlds of fiction, be them on the big screen, the small screen, or uh, on the page, the book, the best kind of portable magic, according to Stephen King. But it is, it's a lot right now. And it just, you can go mad with it. Like, I got in my head a little bit when I realized with certain companies, I'm not getting booked as often as I used to. And it's like, maybe I'm alienating some people with all my posts. I really do think that it's in my head. But <laughs> um, it's hard not to. And I think it does stem from, like, social media not being just things that you want to post. Everything's content. Everything has to mean something else. It's hard to, one, if you are doing it for that purpose, not feeling as though you're, uh, feeling as though you're not always posting the exact right content, always kind of feeling as though you're failing upward. If people like it, they might like it for the wrong reason. If they don't like it, oh my God, you did it. Just post the way you would if, <laughs> if, uh, the influence part of it didn't matter. I think that's just got to be my MO now. I have to post because I want to or because I feel it's important. It can't be because I feel I have to. And I can't not post something because I'm afraid of the consequences. It's just the way it's got to be now. Um, For those that continue to listen. I really, really, really do appreciate it. I understand there were some very highs and lows to this episode. I can't tell you that everything's going to be okay, but I can hope that it will get slightly less shitty. Um, I, I wrote this line in my one and only book, one of few, and I found on Goodreads that some people have pulled the quote a couple of times. Uh, but it uh, it's a character called Crux. Um, he's an alien. But the, uh, the main character is going through some pretty horrendous shit. And uh, not to spoil anything, but she's, she's getting buried. And... Uh, she is very conscious at this point. And as the lights begin to dim 
uh, Crux says, Take comfort in a light only darkness provides. Uh, and the story behind that uh, was the way I used to hide uh, underneath covers at night when you were scared. And uh, for me, we always had like these really cheap polyester blankets and stuff. So when you cover your face and cover your head, you still see the patterns of the stitching from the light. And I always found myself fascinated by the stitching. And whatever I was hiding from, I did find a way to kind of zone out and focus on the stitching. Therefore, the light that I could see was just showing me a pattern. I'm looking for the stitching right now. I see a little bit. Um, I'm hoping I see more very, very soon. Um, and I hope you do too. To be continued on that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, if you want to be a part of it, um, I highly encourage that. You can check out the form uh, that is on a lot of our social medias or shoot me a, shoot me a message at perpetuallyoffbeat at gmail.com for more information. Until next month, take comfort in a light only darkness provides.